Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Today, we bring you the next installment of Future Focus with your host, NSPS Executive Director Kurt Sumner. His guest today is our current NSPS president, Lisa Van Horn. Kurt and Lisa recently sat down to chat about what has been happening within NSPS, new educational and promotional programs taking shape through our various committees, and what lies ahead for the organization. So let's get on with it and tune in to Kurt and Lisa discussing Future Focus here on this episode of Surveyor Says. Well, welcome everyone to Surveyor Says. This is Kurt Sumner. I'm your host today. And with me is Lisa Van Horn, who is the current president of NSPS. Welcome, Lisa. I'm pleased to be here. Lisa and I thought it would be a really good idea to have a conversation for our listeners to hear about what we're doing in NSPS and some changes that are happening and uh, new technology coming along that's affecting us. And I think uh, we're doing a pretty good job, Lisa. You guys have have worked really hard in getting this thing set up so our leadership or other people can have uh, conversations, they can have meetings, and all of that then kind of gets recorded. And uh, I think it makes a big difference. And and Basecamp is is the way that's being done. And I'm I'm like everything else, I'm a novice at everything, including Basecamp. So my first experience was, with it was through NCWS when we started that uh, future of surveying thing. Um, mm-hmm. But but a lot of the leadership, including you and 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 particularly you and and uh, Tim, really grasp it really quickly and have started using it in a lot of different ways. And so I think it's going to be great for us as we're now better able to share what we're doing with our membership and. And I think, and I think you believe too, getting them engaged more. So I'm. Oh, I just absolutely. I I really feel that you know we we're getting the information out to our uh, directors a whole lot faster. We're able to share things um, in a more convenient way because with the old method, when we'd send out an email and get responses, everybody was responding to different portions of it. And when we communicate on Basecamp, it's one thread that just keeps going so that you're not getting everybody else's replies and stuff like that. So it's very, very convenient in that way. And as far as holding agendas out there, um, you know, just putting... PowerPoints that are easily accessible for all of our directors to utilize has just been a fantastic tool for us. Yeah, that's for sure. And one of the things that's that struck me about it is it's apparent capability to handle unbelievable volume of of information. I mean, it's it's there. It never never seems to go away. So that's a good thing because when you would go back and look at something that was said before, it makes it a lot easier to do. Oh, absolutely. And it's and if, as documents change, it automatically saves every revision in the past and just keeps the most current one up in the center. So it's a it's just a wonderful tool to keep our history intact as well on how documents and different things have changed through time. So it's been an amazing tool that just makes it so much more convenient. We're starting to use it more and more for all of our committees. Our state executive directors have started using it as well, which is a very convenient thing for them to set up their meetings and communicate information. And when they're looking for information, to be able to gather that information a whole lot easier. 
Yeah, and and it's really good because oftentimes you you mentioned the state execs, but it also happens with us internally. Sometimes it's hard to get everybody on a call or 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 an issue or whatever. So I, it's not to encourage people not to participate, but it still gives you that opportunity to figure out what and see what people have been doing. So that that's a good thing. The other part Absolutely. of it, the other part of it that I think is so great and it really. It's connected to Basecamp in a sense, but it's it's really more of an overall thing. And that is uh, with your presidency, for the first time in my memory, we've actually started doing weekly officer calls. And then, of course, we have our monthly XCOM call with the officers and the other members of the executive committee. And it's just remarkable how much uh, how much difference that makes because it means that all of us are having conversations every week about what's going on. We can recap if we need to, new things are coming along, but you just have a better engaged and better informed leadership group when in the past, most of the time in my whole tenure here, actually to tell you the truth, we've had very little of that. So uh, people would be in an officership, officership position, but you really didn't have conversation with them much in, unless it was a meeting. So that that concept that that you introduced, I think, is fantastic for us just to help us be better leaders. Oh, absolutely. You know, and the, it's not that we're, we're we're just keeping a tab on what things are going on and keeping us up to date. And it also helps us set up a much better agenda for when our XCOM actually meets. Um, no decisions are made during that meeting, but it just keeps us on, abreast of what's going on. And it gives us uh, the ability to talk ideas back and forth to be able to um, get things started so that we, we're more prepared for all our XCOM meetings and we're more efficient, I believe. And most of our officers, we've got a great group. The whole board is just a great group right now with Mark Sargent, the incoming president-elect, Tim Birch, our um, vice president, Craig Amy, our secretary. It's just been a, a great board and Bob Miller. Um, it's been a great board that most of the time, a lot of them are joining us every week on those calls when they're available just to keep abreast of what's going on. And it's, for me, it's much more informative. It helps me be a better president as well to know exactly what's going on and keep us informed. Yeah, absolutely. And and as I said earlier, it makes us a better organization just because we're better prepared to share information with our members and contact them and get their input on things. So I'm I'm really excited about the fact that we have that. Um, and uh, then as we, we move along, during our discussions, one of the things that has always been a a difficult thing, I guess I should say, to do, and that is how do we communicate really well with the state societies and with their their execs, their leadership, in terms of NSPS representatives being at the conference. You know, historically, mm -hmm. it's been, hey, we got these conferences to go to. Which officer can go? Which one can't go? whatever the case may be, um, or even what to expect, because, you know, we, we don't know, are we just showing up or, or <laughs> you know, we, we need to have it planned out well in terms of what we would like to see the state societies per, uh, cooperate with us in those visit, visits. So this conversation that we've been having about that, I think, is a really important one, too. 
Yeah, um, there used to be some guidelines out there as far as, um, you know, many states say, why doesn't NSPS come? Well, NSPS doesn't come unless we're invited, um, is the main thing. But the other thing is, is um, for us to travel to all 50 states would be so expensive, and it, it, we just can't do that. It's not fiscally responsible in our budget. So we hope that the states are able to provide us the pre-registration uh, in the room and NSPS provides the travel expense to get to the conference. So that works out really well as far as trying to get people there. And you know, But the first thing we need is the invite and the ability to be able to make that uh, travel arrangement ahead of time. Um, another thing that we've really been trying to encourage all of our directors to do is even if they can't um, to invite an officer or an officer can't make it, I highly encourage them to have an adjoining state exchange um, their directors because we find that a lot of the states, our director themselves is a highly active person in their um, organization and doesn't have time to actually sit in an NSPS booth and share the information and stuff like that because they have so many other responsibilities. So by exchanging with an, a neighboring state, that also gives you the ability Number one, to get the information out to your to your membership, and number two, it also lets the states adjoining states see what other people are doing at their conferences. And I see when I've got traveled to conferences, I brought back a lot of great ideas of what people do differently at different states. So I think it's a really good idea to try and just even if you can't bring in an officer to exchange with an adjoining state director to bring those in. I know when I was a director, I went to three of our surrounding states. And, there, and those three directors then in turn came to our state at a different time. And it puts a different person in the booth because all of us have different interests and strong points. Um, so it brings in, one time you may have somebody who's very active in government affairs, next time might be public relations, it might be Trigstar. So it brings in a whole different point of view when you keep bringing in those different people as well. So it's I highly encourage it. Yeah, another thing that goes along with that, of course, is we're trying to get more people to meetings, obviously, and visit as many of our states as we can. And so what that means is we also have th we have a need to take something with us and not just stand around twiddling our thumbs, but, but be able to have something with us as we go for that meeting. And one of the things that's worked out pretty well in the last couple of years, of course, is the get kids into survey posters because they were so popular and we were taking those along. But uh, Working with you guys in leadership, Trish has done a really good job and really starting to accumulate more goodies, if you will, for us to take mm -hmm. to conferences. And I don't know about you, but one of the ones that always draws attention after you explain what it is, is measurements. Mm -hmm. Because people will see the little package of, of mints and they'll say, oh, that's uh, that's breath mints and i'll always say no they're measurements because <laughs> that's what it says on the little package for for those but we have those obviously we still have the posters trish has done a great job with a whole bunch of stickers that we can take into the schools um to get kids into survey folks are coming up with coloring books i don't know if we're ever going to get one for us necessarily but stress balls koozies man we got a, a lot of stuff and um mm -hmm. And we, we hope people, we can encourage our our state execs as well as our, our individual directors to ask for that and say, can you send this? And we have seen a pretty large uptick in that. Trisha and, and Sarah get pretty busy sending that stuff out. But I don't know if you want to comment on that or not. Just want people to know that it exists. 
Well, and the other thing that it's not, besides for the conferences and stuff, if you're going in and talking to the Boy Scouts or you're going in and talking to a school or doing a Trig Star presentation, they're great for that as well. I know when I've gone into high schools and talked to the students, if somebody actually gets brave enough and asks me a question, I throw them a stress ball and it kind of loosens up the whole area. And um, I don't want to forget, too, to mention that our public relations committee has done a fantastic job on creating some new flyers. And if you haven't seen the new flyers that we have out there, um, you can go out on the website and see them. You can call Trish or Sarah, uh, you know, just contact the office and get some of those sent to you. You know, we've created a new one just to give out to guidance counselors that lists all the schools and all where you can get scholarships. And, and it kind of explains what the surveying profession is. And then we also created another one that's really meant for more so government offices or real estate offices that just explain the basics of what a survey is to give to clients. And we've left a nice space on the back that you can put your own business name on there that just kind of explains what you should have in hand when you call a surveyor to, to hire them at, to do a survey. So we've got some great new um, tools out there for everyone to use that the Public Relations Committee has done a fantastic job in creating. And you really need to take a look at those different things that we do have. Yeah, you mentioned the the website that beasurveyor.com website that that we inherited, I guess, from from the North Carolina Surveyors Foundation, and um, we're really thrilled to be able to do that. And again, our our staff here did a really good job in in working to get that up and running and a better, nicer look and easier to use. Um, like anything else, that's website related or even technology related it changes tomorrow so it was important to get that thing updated and uh, i think it's a really good tool now for us to use when we're whatever we're doing but certainly when we're talking to, to guidance counselors or school teachers or public in general about here's education available for for going into the surveying uh, careers so that that was a a pretty big undertaking but now it, it's it's doing a really good job i think um, yeah, and I think the biggest undertaking we really had for that to get that put together was just getting a really comprehensive list of all the schools that teach surveying and not just the four year um, ABET accredited schools, but all of the schools that teach surveying because the National Society of Professional Surveyors NSPS is really about also getting you your technicians and your other people. Uh, you know, we're finding that for every licensed surveyor, there's five to six support staff. We need those other people there as well. So it's a very comprehensive list of where you can get all kinds of different survey education. Um, so that, because we're finding a, a huge need, workforce development is finding a need to get people out there to work besides just becoming the licensed surveyor. And we need technicians. So that list was so outdated and we've really worked very hard on getting a comprehensive list put together so that we do have it. So I encourage everybody to look out there and make sure that all your state schools are listed there because if the, if the people can't find the school, we can't get the students. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting how all of those things pull together. Uh, not too long ago, I was talking to somebody about surveying education and we're always talking about uh, that we're all getting older and who's coming into the profession next. And that's one of the big reasons for this push. But one of the things that, that CST does and some of the other things that you've been talking about does, I think it helps people understand that maybe that next generation of professional surveyors is already working for you. They just don't have the opportunity to get to the schools that they need to. So a lot of these online programs and some of the other things that are going on, I think are really instrumental for that. And then of course, we also have to think about 
we still aren't at the point where every state requires a college degree. So um, my home state in Virginia does. And I was just contacted last week by a guy in the educational system in Virginia uh, and tied to licensure and talking about CST and in our certified survey technician program. How can that be part of their credential base? So there's just so many different things. And that's one of the cool things about being involved in national. You kind of get a chance to see how all those work. Because you know, before I ever got in NSPS, I hardly even knew how Virginia worked, much less anybody else. <laughs> so it does provide a great opportunity, and it's just it's great to be able to share that with people. Oh, absolutely. And NSPS has taken another uh, step in that with going to that National Guidance Council meetings. I think we've done it five years now. You attended the last one. But the first one that we did was in um, New Orleans, and that's about three to 4,000 guidance counselors that are at these conferences. And the first one that we had done, the people that were working the booth heard over and over again, we didn't even know that surveyors was still a profession, that surveying was still out there. And that was a, a bit of an eye-opener for us that if the guidance counselors don't know that, that, that our lovely, wonderful profession is out there, how are they gonna direct anybody to our profession? So we've continued to do the guidance counselor shows. Many of the states have gone on and started doing a statewide or local guidance counselor shows, and we're seeing a great, great outcome from doing those things. Uh, you experienced the one that you just did last year in Boston, and I think you had a great experience talking to the guidance counselor teachers and everything that we were really learning from them on how to promote our profession. Yeah, we had a good team there. Um, Jerry Juarez, who's chair of our CST program, did a great job. He was he was fantastic with with all those folks, as well as you know, all staff. Trish was there, and and one of the ladies from Get Kids Into Survey, and Mark, and and Tim. We had a, we had a good group. Uh, so we encourage our members and our other leaders to, when those conferences are going to be near you, we really would like you to be a part of that program, and participate when we go to the to the school counselors and. You know, there are other people, too. We, I know that uh, Tim went down and met with the Surveying Educators Group this year, and there are people we stay in contact with a lot. And then there's, there's STEM conferences. I don't know that we've actually stuck our toe in that water too much yet, but it makes perfect sense if there are STEM mm -hmm. conferences that we ought to be there. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. But. Oh, absolutely. I think the STEM conference is a great place to go. And um the other reason we had gone to Sages is we had found out that with the survey, the survey and geomatics educator society, the reason Tim had gone down there is after our student competition last year, um, Vice President Birch and I both sat down with all the educators and we were finding out that a lot of them weren't even aware of the different programs. Most of our vendors, we have got an outstanding set of vendors out there, and a lot of the vendors are providing equipment for the schools at, at like a half price cost and some of the schools don't have the correct contact for that and we really want to make sure we can put them in touch with them one of the schools that participated said they were about using uh overseas gps equipment not any american um, dealerships equipment because they just couldn't afford it here in the states so we really wanted to make sure that we can get those contacts and made so that everybody's aware of it we had an article in there about and news and views about one of the programs that they have. Um, so really you've got to contact, you know, if you're if you're an educator, you, you know, contact us or contact uh, your provider and really ask what are the educational opportunities out there 
for equipment so that we can keep up to date. It's really a win-win for the vendor and the uh, school because when the students are coming out using your equipment, and it really it's between two jobs, if somebody's using the equipment that they've been taught on, they feel more comfortable with that. And I think it's just a great opportunity for both vendors and the schools. Yeah, that's true. And thanks for mentioning News and Views. And for the listeners, if you're an NSPS member and you're not getting News and Views, you need to let us know about it because we send to the News and Views folks all of our email addresses for our members. But almost remarkably, there's a fairly large number of our members who don't provide their their uh, email. So if if you're hearing this and we don't have your email address, you ought to go in and check it out because uh, it's it's a really good deal. Uh, you know, another thing that that is a good recruiting tool has been for years, and it seems like it has its ups and downs. Sometimes people are really excited about it, and other times it's hard to get people excited about it. And we're trying to get more statistics so people actually realize how many people we're reaching with our Trigstar program. You know, we we mm-hmm. know that we have about 35, 37 states that participate pretty regularly, and people work really hard in those states. Uh, the other states aren't participating yet, but that program is is a great opportunity to show what surveying is, and and mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to do it, and you have to be willing to talk about surveying a little bit when you go in as a sponsor or as a, I, I guess it's called a sponsor, um, but we also have a, since 2015, we've had a Trigstar scholarship, and mm-hmm. we, we were fortunate at our meeting in Florida this past spring uh, to have the, the current winner visit with us. I think you had a chance to talk with him. Oh, yes, I did. You know, and the thing is, is a lot of people say, well, you know, the people that are winning our Trigstar contests aren't the ones coming into surveying, but you don't have to be the winner to get into surveying or, you know, to really, for this program, to be successful. You're in there talking to many, many students that some of them are saying, wow, you know, you get to do outdoors, you get to do all the different things that we talk about with the surveying profession. So it may not be the winner that we necessarily get, but if you took that Trigstar exam, whether you won or not, as long as you participated in the program, you're eligible for that scholarship. So, and that's what our current winner this year was, is he's a, I believe a Michigan Tech or a Ferris. He's from Michigan. Fair State, yeah. Ferris. Uh-huh. Fair State uh, student who won that scholarship, and it was because somebody in Michigan gave him that gave that presentation, and that's how we learned about land surveying. And what a wonderful thing to do for everybody to uh, just express it. When I've, I've gone in and we participate in a trig star at a local school here, and we'll talk to three different math teachers' classes throughout the day, and we talk to hundreds of students in that day. We may only have 10 that take the test, but we've talked to 100 students or more that know what we are doing and what the profession is. And if we just get a twinkle out of one or two of them that get involved with the profession, we're way ahead. So it's a it's a fantastic program. Yeah, and that scholarship program, uh, we need to get more people aware that it's even out there mm-hmm. because uh, it's a great opportunity. How many How many years? I can think back, and that's sort of a rhetorical question, but some years we don't have anybody applying for it. Other years we only have one or two people. So we'd love to have more people get in, involved in that because it's a great tool for us. It helps us explain what surveyors do and how that relates to their to their math courses. So and mm-hmm. then you know that other program we've got that's been around 
forever. I got involved in the Boy Scout Merits Bag Program probably about 1987 or 88. I got asked to go to Fort A.P. Hill and help the guy from, his name was Colonel Manley from Colorado. And he was running the thing and he was in his 70s, almost 80 at the time, I guess. So I got involved. I know uh, our our director and former or past president of NSPS, Tom Brooks, is very involved in uh, in that program. And we'd really like to see more of our members get involved. It's a great opportunity. The scouts are out there. And uh, that merit badge program that we operate at the Jamborees and during local events when, when we get a chance to is another way for us to show what surveying is about. And, of course, it is a merit badge, one of the originals. Oh, absolutely. I just seen a presentation. Um, Clifton Temple from Turning Point Solutions is an Eagle Scout and does our merit badges here in Wisconsin. And he just did a presentation on that. And I think he said last year we awarded 1,038 merit badges. And the concern is when that merit badge goes below 1,000, we're in jeopardy of losing it. So we're getting pretty close to losing that. And that is a really important thing to keep going. It's one of the very first merit badges. And it really gives a great exposure to what we do and an understanding. And and now it's Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts can take it, which is um, and even a bonus as far as I'm concerned. It catches more people. But, yeah, we've been active with it at the Jamboree, but we really want to see more people do it locally and get involved. And between Tommy Brooks and uh, we've got a couple other contacts that we can put you in touch with if you're interested in getting involved with the Merit Badge. Um, I know we have two programs here in Wisconsin that do it, and it's just a great, great thing to get involved with the, with the kids and get them at a little earlier age to understand what we're doing and maybe excited about the profession. Yeah, and, and speaking of the Girl Scouts, uh, years and years ago, we some gr- a group of people here locally in the D.C. area, and I was one of them, would go down to Mount Vernon every year to this big scouting event, and there were Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts there. And we had a lot of Girl Scouts come by our, our it wasn't a booth, it was actually a setup where we were doing the merit badge. And they were really, really interested and had fun doing it. But when I talked about how do we get an arrangement going with the Girl Scouts where we can, can do this, I was told that that actually has to happen at the local level with the Girl Scouts rather than being pushed down from national. I don't know if that's still true or not, but what it does do is it offers an opportunity for our local surveyors to go out and talk to your local Girl Scout troop and tell them about Absolutely. tell them about the merit badge because yep. I think that would be super. Yeah, I've done that. I've talked to our uh, to one of our local Girl Scout groups, and it, it is it's a wonderful experience, you know. And I think as professional land surveyors, in the term professional, is you should be giving back to your profession by either you know Trickstar or you know talking to realtors, doing a presentation at your local uh, library, or just getting involved with uh, committees and stuff, because the true meaning of a profession is giving back to, to that profession, or the true meaning of a professional, that is. So um, I highly encourage everybody to get involved. We've got some exciting programs going on and, um, you know, just some wonderful things that we're working on, you know, and, and our times are changing with the UAVs and, you know, just the way technology is changing so fast. I highly encourage everyone to get involved, and I I don't think you'll ever regret it because it's so rewarding to uh, get to know other people and that um, just that camaraderie that you meet with people, I think, is a wonderful thing. Right. And, you know, you you were talking about new technology. That made me think about the the merit badge. 
Uh, some people look at that as so it's like arcane that it's just a simple exercise. Well, the truth is you could still do that same exercise, but gather your data in a different way. Right. <laughs> so it, it doesn't have to be old. There's ways to um, adapt to what we have going on in technology now to use that. So, well, I know that we try to keep these things around a half hour and we don't want our, uh, our editor, we won't mention him by name here, but we don't want him to get angry <laughs> going too long. But uh, I don't, I don't know what we've left out. But anything else you want to to bring up is fine. But I appreciate you being with me today because it was so important and remains important for people, our members, anybody who goes to our website who wants to hear something about NSPS that they hear from you guys, our our leadership, whether that's the officers, our directors, whomever it may be. Uh, because I think it, when people can hear it directly from our practitioners and people who are dedicated to serving the profession, like all you guys are, I think that makes a big difference, whether the listeners are surveyors or the public in general. So I appreciate you being with me today. I'm glad to be here. Well, we will look forward to, we're going to be doing a few more of these as we go down the road. And uh, obviously we're going to do a lot of podcasts <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be having more of our leadership involved in these as well. So I'm glad we were able to start out today with with your perspectives and all the things that that are going on now while you're our president. And like I said, some innovative things. And I can't can't reiterate enough how how great I think it is that we're doing those weekly calls. Uh, when we first started that, I was like, oh, my goodness, a weekly call. And then we started doing it. I was like, oh, great. A weekly call. So it, it's worked out really well. So thanks for that. Well, you're welcome because we really appreciate it as well. Well, thanks again, Lisa, and we will be talking soon. You've been listening to Future Focus with your host, Kurt Sumner, and guest NSPS President Lisa Van Horn here on the Surveyor Says podcast. Lots of cool and exciting things going on within NSPS, so stay tuned for more interviews with our officers and other notable surveyors. Speaking of upcoming episodes, we are lining up some great ones in the weeks ahead. Kurt and JB will be discussing three Lobby Day topics on Point of Order. There'll be more Table A talk with Gary Kent and a special interview with Texas surveyor Ana Rios, a young lady making a significant difference in the industry with the Women's Survey Summit. We will also have more Young Surveyors Network guests and a special episode on workforce development. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. Also, watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.